This classic Encounters podcast is brought to you by Encounters North. To learn more about our podcast videos and projects and to support our work, please visit EncountersNorth.org. Hi, I'm Richard Nelson for Encounters, a program of observations, experiences, reflections on the world around us. I have happened upon an unexpected and wonderful surprise, a bit of company on what is turning out to be a beautiful autumn afternoon in Alaska. Started out misty, rainy, a little bit blustery and chilly. Now there are cloud breaks and sun splashing down over the banks and on the water of a beautiful, clear river. In this river right now, there are spawning schools of silver salmon or coho salmon coming upstream for their annual rituals of mating and egg laying. And as always, whenever salmon show up for their spawning, they're followed by plenty of hungry animals. There are seals down near the mouth of this river. There are bald eagles. You can hear the ravens flying overhead right now. And there is a black bear here who's come down on the far side of this river, right straight across from me, came down into the river, grabbed a salmon, went up onto the bank with it, took care of that, then walked upstream a little ways, narrow stream, probably about 30 yards wide here, swam across the stream, and right now is ambling casually along the bank, straight in my direction. Not terribly far away, maybe 50 yards, but not showing any particular interest in me. And I'm minding my own business here, standing by the edge of the river, moving a little bit here through this autumn-colored vegetation. Lots of strawberries, lots of wild celery, all kinds of shrubby plants in all shades of green, yellow, amber, russet, brown, reds. Beautiful little narrow meadow along the edge of this stream. Our bear is coming straight toward me. I'm moving now a little bit farther down the bank to stay out of its way. It's following a well-worn trail along the river here. Right now stops, kind of leaning back and forth, raises its nose, turns and moves up toward the very tall trees, peers at me, drops its nose down and is nuzzling around after something down there in the grass. As I watch this bear, oops, now up it comes and walking along. Now just about straight across from me, I'm going to move just a bit. This bear, well-fed, nice, big, full, round, ripe belly. Looks like it's not in need of any kind of nutrient that I might provide along this salmon stream. I'm reminded of something the great naturalist John Muir wrote about black bears in the California mountains. He said, in my first interview with a Sierra bear, we were frightened and embarrassed, both of us, but the bear's behavior was better than mine. Well, I'm going to try to be as well-behaved as possible here, and certainly our bear is doing the same. What a gorgeous afternoon this is as the sun now pours down over us, and that bear's fur just glistening. This is a healthy-looking, medium-sized black bear. The black bear is one of the most familiar animals, of course, in North America. Most people, I have to say, as we're now really quite close to each other, most people have mixed emotions about black bears, like John Muir, perhaps a little bit frightened by them, but also almost anyone is fascinated by black bears, find them kind of an endearing animal. They're one of the great 
icons of the North American wild. In fact, that's been recognized in several states. Black bear is a state animal of New Mexico, Louisiana, and West Virginia. Of course, there's Yogi Bear of cartoon fame, obviously a black bear, and undoubtedly the world's best-known bear of any kind would have to be Smokey the Bear, the emblem for the United States Forest Service and a symbol for the prevention of forest fires. Actually, Smokey the Bear is based on a real black bear, a cub that was found in New Mexico alive after a forest fire. The bear now has walked on past me a little ways, and I'm just going to easily amble along through this strawberry meadow behind it. I'm sure that a little bit earlier in the year, the bears came out here and had quite a feast of strawberries. I've never seen such a thicket of strawberry plants, I don't think, in my life. Now, black bears are considerably smaller than grizzly bears, but they do have a stocky and pretty muscular build, so they do look heavier than they really are. Male black bears weigh between 150 and 600 pounds. They stand about three to four feet tall at the shoulder. Our bear looks like around the three-foot mark, probably. The females are smaller than the males. They weigh around 100 to 300 pounds. The biggest black bear on record 880 pounds. That animal would have dwarfed our black bear today and could have stood comfortably, I think, alongside a pretty good-sized grizzly bear. Most black bears, like ours here, live up to their name, jet black color. But the colors do vary. There's a frosted grayish black face, very rarely found on the southeast Alaska coast. There are the pure white bears, often called ghost bears, that live on a few islands along the British Columbia coast in Canada. And then there's the fairly common brown or cinnamon-colored black bear. It looks a lot like a grizzly bear, but you can tell them apart easily. There's no humped shoulder. That's a real major characteristic of a grizzly bear. Also, as our black bear now, just a bit ahead of me, looks off to the side, I can see its very straight face. It has a Roman nose. It doesn't have a prominent forehead and a concave face like the grizzly bear. Also, our bear has come down now onto the trail, and I've come up to its tracks in a bit of sand, and here I can see the very short claws, much shorter than the long claws of the grizzly bear. Now the bear straight ahead of me turns around, sits down, in the path, looks back at me. Their eyesight is pretty similar to our own, but they're hearing far better than ours, and their sense of smell beyond anything we can possibly imagine. Bears often will stand up on their hind legs to see better or to test the air for scent. Now, when they do that, it means curiosity. It doesn't mean aggression. Oh, here's our bear. Pretty darn close, sitting in the grass, possibly digging roots. Oops, now looking at me chewing on something. I noticed as I came along quite a bit of bear sign digging for the roots of silverweed that grows here along this river. Also, a little ways back, a very large metabolic deposit made by a bear, and that appeared to be full of grass and some remains of berries. Of course, this is a big time of year here at the end of summer, the beginning of fall. Big time of year for bears to eat berries. Now, as our bear feeding here on whatever it's after. I'm not about to go close enough to see exactly what it's eating, but I can see its loose, nimble lips and very long, agile tongue. Now, this is excellent for the bears when they're plucking berries or when they're lapping up ants, doing the finer work that's required for a bear's sustenance. Now, black bears, and I'm thinking about this because I'm 
quite close to this animal are very fast runners, clocked up to 35 miles an hour. Now, for perspective, we ought to remember that the fastest humans can do about 20 miles an hour, so it's a little bit of an act of faith here that neither of us is going to do harm to the other. Now, as I saw just a little bit ago, black bears are very good swimmers. They'll easily swim across a little river like this, even a fairly good-sized lake or pond or bay. When the bear swam across this river, it just walked easily down into the water and swam with, oh, the upper six or eight inches of its body out of the water. Very, very familiar with water, these animals. Of course, black bears are also known as excellent climbers. The cubs or the adults can scramble up a tree. Often they do that for safety. Now, the black bear has a shy and elusive personality. Usually, if they see a person coming along, they're going to ghost off into the forest. Unlike the much more aggressive, much more assertive grizzly bear. Now ours has just walked down, I'm following along here again, it has just walked down to the edge of the water, dipping its nose right down into the water, looking, peering out as if maybe there are some salmon around here, but nope, nope, turns around, up it goes, right up the bank. Now our bear, at least as far as I can tell from this distance, is keeping perfectly quiet, but sometimes black bears will growl, they'll also moan, they, They'll mutter, sometimes they make whining sounds. If they're upset, nervous, angry, they'll make huffing sounds or chomp their jaws. I have heard at very close range the voice of a black bear. Quite remarkable. I was on a river called the Dalby River up in the interior of Alaska, a little south of the Arctic Circle, and came along in a boat and drifted in very close, 15, 20 feet away from a black bear that was grazing along a sandbar near the river. And that bear just sat down on its haunches and started singing. And I mean that quite literally. For about 15 minutes, it entertained my friend and I with a whole chorus of sounds, like it was humming to itself or doing a little operatic performance for us. Well, no such luck with our bear today as it now has turned around, coming back in my direction, but not with any haste at all. Now, where we are today along the coast of Alaska, big spruce trees all around us, classic habitat for black bears. They're animals of the forest, but forests of many kinds. This includes the scrubby chaparral down in places like Arizona, those leafy eastern deciduous forests, great north woods of Canada, the Pacific Coast rainforests of North America. Originally, black bears were found in every state of the mainland U.S., in all of the Canadian provinces and down into the northern part of Mexico. Biologists estimate there were about 2 million black bears in North America before the time of Columbus. That declined, mostly because of overhunting, to about 200,000 black bears. But over time, since hunting has been more closely regulated, black bears have come back. Ultimately, because people have been willing to do whatever is necessary to keep a healthy bear population. And also because black bears are very good at adapting to new circumstances. Today, there are black bears in at least 40 states, not only in the woods, but also in the farm country, in the ranch lands, even the edges of cities and towns. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. It's very hard to assess the population of forest-dwelling animals like black bears, but biologists estimate there are 600,000 to 700,000 black bears in North America today, and between 30,000 
and 100,000 of those animals are right here in Alaska. Black bears are common in most of the forested country throughout Alaska. The only places they're missing up in the Arctic and in the mountain tundra country. Those places are the domain of the grizzly bears. Oops, black bear right smack ahead of me. Holy mackerel, that was a bit of a surprise. Looking back, it stops, it's eating berries now. High bush cranberries running the branches through its mouth. Oh, this is a pretty darn exciting experience. I don't know when I've ever been able to hang around with a black bear like this. Turns around, back and forth on its forepaws, and begins to amble. Well, one reason that black bears have been such successful animals over time is their wide-ranging, omnivorous eating habits. As John Muir once said of the black bear, to him, almost everything is food except granite. Although we often think of bears as meat eaters, in fact, their diet is overwhelmingly vegetarian. They love to graze on grasses like these right around us, dig the roots. I see a number of places along this trail as we follow our bear here where bears have been digging out roots of a kind of plant called silverweed. They also love, of course, to nibble berries. Outside Alaska, black bears are notorious for raiding fruit orchards. They love to eat stuff like apples. They also crave honey, whether it's found somewhere out in the wild or in somebody's beehives. In the fall time, Alaskan black bears fatten up on berries, especially blueberries. Around here we've got high bush cranberries, we got red huckleberries, we got purple huckleberries. Pretty good place for bears right now. In an abundant year, black bears can gain two to four pounds per day feasting on the berry crop. Now in a poor year, hungry bears will often mooch for food around towns, cabins, and camps. The berries are that important that those bears are willing to risk coming around people to make up for the shortage. As the season goes along, a little later than this, the days get shorter, the temperatures start to drop, food really becomes scarce. That's when black bears start looking for their winter dens. It's the females who den first, and the males, they'll often wait a little bit longer until the early snows. In northern Alaska, black bears will often make a long tunnel into a bank, into a hillside, sometimes under tree roots, even sometimes in a rock cranny. Some of those dens used by black bears are very old. They've been used for generations of bears. At the end, of course, there's a sleeping chamber. In the far north, black bears will usually make back there a bed of grass, leaves, branches to nest on to help them stay warm. Oftentimes, they'll also plug the entrance of that den. They'll put a big wad of grass up in there, maybe other kinds of vegetation, to keep that relatively warm air inside. And then, of course, the den will become heavily blanketed with snow to add extra insulation. Our bear now, sitting there in the meadow, quite close at hand, looking straight at me again. I can see the glint in its eyes. It's so amazing that this bear is comfortable hanging out here with me. It's interesting to think that black bears like this one will spend seven or eight months in their winter den, especially up in the northern parts of Alaska. During that time, they'll live without any food, without water, no elimination of waste. But it's not true hibernation. There's only a slight drop in the black bear's heartbeat, in its rate of breathing, in its body temperature, and in its overall metabolism. It's more like a deep sleep. Black bears in hibernation 
hibernation are awake about 10% of the time. Now, true hibernators, like ground squirrels, like marmots, they go into an almost suspended animation state. An extremely slow heartbeat, very low body temperature, very slow metabolism. You can't wake those animals out. They're completely torpid. Now, the other really important thing that happens inside that wintering den, that's where the cubs are born. Now, the female will have mated the previous summer. The fertilized embryo will float around inside the uterus. It's called delayed implantation. And then the cubs are born just two months afterward, in January or in February. Usually two, sometimes three black bear cubs are born. They're naked, blind. They only weigh about a half a pound. That's about the size of a chipmunk, or you might think of it as a couple of quarter pounders. Tiny little creature. They'll snuggle up against their mom's warm belly down there in the hibernation den, nursing on her extremely rich milk. They grow very quickly in there. And by spring, when they're ready to emerge from the den, those little cubs will weigh four to eight pounds. That's not very big either. Think about it. That's only about the size of a house cat. Well, finally, the days start getting warmer. The temperature raises. The snow starts to melt. Alaskan black bears will start leaving their dens in April and into May. The males leave first, and then the females. The females with cubs leave the dens latest of all. The bears are pretty lean when spring comes around compared to their roly-poly condition in the fall. Our bear right now looks like it's definitely in great shape. By spring, it's going to burn up most or all of its fat. Pretty soon after they come out of the dens, they regain their appetite, wander around looking for food. They love to find blueberries and crowberries that are left over from the previous fall. They graze on newly sprouted plants. They'll climb up aspen and cottonwood trees to munch the buds, and they love to scavenge on the remains of winter-killed animals if they can find them. The mother bear will usually stay very close to her cubs, although sometimes she'll put them up in a tree and leave them up there for safekeeping while she goes foraging around in the woods or in the meadows. Female black bears can be highly protective, but nothing at all like the grizzly bear's vehement defense of her cubs. Now, our bear has turned and is walking right up into the woods, and I'm going to follow along. Here's a fairly conspicuous trail, tromped down vegetation, leading up into the trees as if that's a fairly common pathway that the bears follow here. Now, we're coming up into the woods. This is a pretty open forest here. Yep, there's our bear right there. Walking up now, deep, mossy, shadowy forest. There's big yellow leaves of Devil's Club here and shrubby blueberries. Bear quite close up ahead here. Oh, sits down in the moss, lays down in the moss, looking away from me. Again, I'm at fairly close range. I'm just going to move up a little bit closer because the bear is... Very calm and casual. Big spruce trees in here. I'll stop right here. Oh, our bear is now up. Oh, this is amazing. It's walking almost like a tightrope walker right along the top of a small moss-covered log. Whoops, stops, looks at me, turns, walks along the top of a little ridge, just taking care of its own business and not worrying the least about me doing mine. 
Now, through the summertime, black bears will feast on the limitless salad of fresh greens all around. I remember this summer I saw something fascinating up along a lake shore in the Brooks Range. Warm day, and northern pike had come up into the shallows to savor that warm water, I guess. Black bear would walk along the edge of the lake and then go plunging out into that shallow water, trying to grab those pike. Of course, as our bear has been doing here, they'll often catch salmon in the spawning streams later in the summer or in the fall time. And the highly adaptable, ever-genius black bear is not above little acts of theft from time to time. I remember once watching a great big black bear pull out a salmon gill net from a river in the interior, one paw after the other, and cleaned out all the fish that had been caught in that net across from a fish camp. Another time up in the interior country, I came across a black bear with a freshly killed moose calf and assumed that the bear had done that work itself. They'll also hunt for small mammals, occasionally for birds. They'll rip open logs or stumps for ants, grubs, or other kind of insects. They really do have a varied and cosmopolitan diet. Well, our black bear, moving along through the forest here alone, just above me on a little rise right now, they're fairly solitary animals, not particularly social, except for mothers with cubs, and then, of course, a hankering for company of the opposite sex during the June and July mating season. At that time, the males will roam around looking for willing females without cubs. They'll often follow the females' alluring scent across the countryside through the forest. The males will claw bark and rub trees or rub against bushes to leave their distinctive scent. Now, if a pair of black bears meets up, they have a whirlwind romance that lasts anywhere from a few hours to just a few days, and then they're off again to pursue their solitary ways. Mother black bears with cubs are particularly careful to stay clear of males because there's a danger sometimes that males will kill offspring of their own kind. The cubs will stay with their mom all summer and then usually spend the first winter with their mother in the hibernation den. Then, when she's ready to mate again, that female black bear is going to drive those adolescents away to live on their own. Well, for many thousands of years, Native American people have lived around black bears. They've learned the habits of these animals. They've hunted them as an important source of food and hides. Beyond that, the black bear has a very important place in many Native American cultures, especially in the spiritual world. That's a subject we're going to explore in another program. And then, when European explorers and settlers came to North America, undoubtedly one of the first animals they would have encountered is the black bear. It became an important source of food and fur on the American frontier. Older folks will probably remember a song about frontiersman Davy Crockett. Killed him a bar when he was only three, so it said. Well, that sort of epitomizes the idea of the black bear on the American frontier. And, of course, the black bear is still an important game animal in many parts of the United States and Canada. Beyond that, the black bear has a major place in modern North American culture. Most people are fascinated by these animals, perhaps awed by them. And let me say, indeed... I am in a position to be awed right now by our black bear. It's come along this little rise, about 20 feet high, through the trees in this rich late summer forest, and it's now standing almost directly above me on top of a very big log. Sits down, looks toward me, and looks away. 
Now, people most often are afraid of these animals, and I imagine being in a place like this would make a lot of folks quite nervous, but it's important to say that that fear of black bears is almost completely unfounded. Black bears are very rarely aggressive toward people, and that includes mothers with cubs. Now, this isn't to say we ought to be foolish, but again, they'll nearly always slip away unseen. They'll scramble up a tree, or they'll run when they suddenly encounter someone. Again, the grizzly is more likely to be aggressive when it feels threatened, but it's important to say on extremely rare occasions, black bears will make predatory approaches or attacks on humans. If a black bear directly approaches someone as if it's stalking, the experts advise, don't play dead, fight back as intensely as possible. But apart from those rare, extraordinary situations, the black bear is the lapdog of the ursine world. John Muir had it absolutely right more than a century ago when he wrote, there are bears in the woods, but not in such numbers or of such unspeakable ferocity as town dwellers imagine. Nor do bears spend their lives going about the country like the devil, seeing whom they may devour. And boy, do we ever have evidence of that right now, with our bear still sitting just above me, looking down with benign curiosity. Most black bears are not looking for hassles with people, but nowadays, plenty of them do get into trouble, mainly because of their willingness to hang around towns and suburbs, motivated entirely by their appetite for almost anything edible. The classic example is Alaska's capital city of Juneau, down on the southeast coast, population 30,000. Juneau nudges up to wild country that's abundantly populated with black bears, and some grizzlies too. For many years now, black bears have been regular visitors to city streets and neighborhoods in Juneau, even downtown, practically on the front steps of the state capitol building. Well, I checked out the records from the Juneau Police Department covering the active bear season from March to November of the year 2005. During that period, Juneau Police had 269 calls about bears in town. That's an average of just about one every day. Now, remember that most of these black bear visits were probably not reported, so there were a lot more than that. Now, let me quote for you some of the calls from the Juneau police records. Here's one, pretty typical. A man reported that a bear broke into a shed and was eating his garbage. Here's another one. A report of a bear sitting on a porch going through empty boxes. Another one. A bear was reported trying to eat out of a bird feeder. That's a common problem. And this one. A caller reported a bear was attracted to some soup cooling down on her back porch. And finally, a bear was reported inside a residence. Officers responded and were able to get the bear out of the residence without incident. Well, in spite of many, many reports like those and a fairly constant presence around town, there has never been a serious black bear attack in Juneau. Well, Juneau has been exemplary in its actions to try to protect people and bears around the town. They have a law that mandates keeping garbage inaccessible to bears. For example, people are required by that law to keep their garbage inside the house or in a bear-proof enclosure until collection day. There's a fine for feeding or attracting bears. Juno also has brochures, pamphlets, and even a website that give lots of information on how to stay out of trouble with neighborhood bears. 
many towns here in Alaska, down in the lower 48, and in Canada are having similar problems with black bears. But you know what? We might also consider it a good sign because black bears are thriving and we're finding ways to keep the peace with them, just as we are with our bear here, still right above me, lounging around, looking down at me. Well, here's a couple more thoughts on black bears from the great writer and conservationist John Muir. He said, Bears are made from the same dust as we, and breathe the same winds, and drink the same waters. A black bear's days are warmed by the same sun. His dwellings are overdomed by the same sky. His life turns and ebbs with heart pulsings like ours, and was poured from the same first fountain. Well, for encounters in the black bear country of Alaska, I'm Richard Nelson. I want to thank you so much for your good company, and I'll see you next time. Encounters is a production of KCAW in Sitka, Alaska. This program was written and narrated by Richard Nelson, edited by Ken Fate, produced by Lisa Bush. Theme music by Outback. Encounters is funded by the National Science Foundation and by the Kenneth Johnson Foundation, Alaska Conservation Foundation, Jerry Tone, Martha Wyckoff, Sue Cohn, the Skaggs Foundation, and the Scott A. Nathan Charitable Trust. For more information about the show, visit us online at EncountersNorth.org.